Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. What are we doing? And Johnson. It's another happy week of basketball to talk about, Guido. I mean, I don't know if I would say that. (laughs) Seven-game losing streak now for WVU. It's the worst losing streak they've had in nine years since the 2012-2013 season. The longest losing streak ties the longest losing streak that Huggins has had since he's been a head coach Johnson and I were looking back they did nine in a row back in 2002 back in those days but this team is on a skid guys that I don't know where it turns around I I am I am I am just uh, at a loss for words Johnson WVU loses this week to Baylor 81 to 77 and then a game against Texas Tech where they played a half of a game really well and then fell apart in the second half and they lost that game 60 to 53. Yeah, and these games felt different to me. I mean, we don't have to belabor the full recap, but I think in the Baylor game, that was a great game. I mean, I think if you're a fan of basketball, not only a fan of WVU, but that was a great game. It it I felt like we played inspired after getting down early. They go on that 16-1 run to get back in into it in the first half, take a lead into halftime. Um, and then in the second half, I think that game was neck and neck. You know, the big news out of that game, Taz takes the shot to the jaw um, and has to leave the game. And we kind of finish out, you know, I'm going to say lackluster on offense. I mean, obviously that had a big impact on how that game finished out. But that game felt like a fighter's chance, Scoot. I mean, right. like that that felt like. It was a good game. We generated some offense. WVU goes for 77 points in that game. Uh, Sean McNeil hit some just like ridiculous shots. Um, I felt like, you know, it was just that was that was a good game to watch. Converse to this Texas Tech loss at home most recently where, you know, we've already been on the text machine talking about it plenty. And I know Guido's going to get to it, but we go, I think, four of 30 in the second half. Um, I mean, just abysmal half of ball and somehow only lose by seven. I mean, I'll preface my comments by saying, I honestly don't know how you're still in it at all. Um, when you're, when you're shooting, like, I don't, what is that? 12%, 13% or something like that. Um, so yeah, that was rough. That was a rough half. Well, to it walk. helps when you're up by what? Eight at the half. And then that just like, you know, you lose that quickly, Scooty. But like, I, I just, I, you know. I see I see these games, and yes, we got out Baylor in the first game. Texas Tech game, we play a half, and then we decide not to play a half. I mean, Scoot, overall, like this team is – there's just – there's no marked improvement, I guess. Well, uh, interesting to note, I felt like when we played the Baylor game, I felt like we were playing a totally different team. Like, I don't even know where some of these guys came from because they were not there in the first game. Yeah, that's uh, true. Cryer yeah. was out, and then uh, some other guy that kind of looks like Cryer but isn't Cryer was also out. Yeah. And then we had uh, – we were calling him Cisco, and <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> there was another the guy. blonde hair dude. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Um, Which they didn't go with the thong song on – TV well, timeouts when we came back. I, I feel like that was a miss. That and was a miss. would have been good. Yeah. Can we – I understand they were trying to honor some players from the past, the the, the un, 
something 10, yeah. something with 10 guys. Right. It was very, for somebody that didn't join the game right away from the start of the game, <laughs> it was super confusing. They yeah, kept like, talking all about these guys this guy. change their last name? Szechuan or whatever his last name is. Szechuan. Did you just yeah, like go with chicken. a Szechuan? Um, and they he didn't have that on the back of his jersey. It was like Woods or something. I was like, why do they keep yeah. calling him by his like? Well, now that fun that nickname. is because that Baylor confusing. because yes. Baylor has like an all name team to begin with, like Everyday John and Chewbacca. Yeah. I think right. is another guy that plays mm-hmm. for them. Like they've Chimichan, got a Chim- Chimaru, th- they've Chikara. got a name team yeah. to begin with. So yeah, when you see like Smith on the back, it's like what? Give me the names of these guys. Like I need the names. I need to know what we're talking about because they kept saying. This guy's defending him like he's not. I don't know what like or is this some sort of affectionate <laughs> pet name that we're calling this guy? Like I don't get it. So that was very confusing. Um it was a more enjoyable game. Well, course. and Hugs was optimistic after this game, Guido. So his, you know, we we had post-game comments after this that still are uh like earworms to me where i have to just noodle on them a while because they'd make no sense like if you take everything you know about bob huggins and then you hear him say things like they really competed i'm like who is this well, guy like i've been yeah, watching this guy great job. For, yeah, yeah he's like what are you talking about <laughs> like what you, you don't want to just rip somebody's head off or something it was weird so then you look at uh the other game against uh, texas tech and uh, I know we don't have uh, Taz. The big problem I have, and I'm I'm going to just dive down into it. We might as well. Let's just push the games aside. Let's All look right. at what we're talking about. All right. A couple things. Right. One, we don't have time to waste years like this. These I'll fix it years. There isn't time for Bob Huggins to fix it. He's not young. Not that he's old and decrepit, but he's not young. So how many more years is he really going to coach? Four, five, is that realistic? I mean, I think he's late 60s now, maybe 70s, close to 70. So is it realistic that we're going to take another year and restock? Because here's what's going to happen. We've got seven seniors. I don't envision any of them coming back. We've got probably two or three guys that are looking for what school was their second choice when they – chose to go to college because they're not getting playing time or they're hearing constant negative comments from the coaching staff not from i mean i'm sure they're hearing stuff from out in the public but we'll probably talk about that here in a little bit anyway but so you're looking at it's possible we could be looking for 10 new people 10 and you see how this year went with seven seniors and several new guys three transfers two freshmen How's that going for us? Not great. How's seven or 10 going to go for you? Brand new to the program. You're going to get some of these one-year guys. You're going to get some of these two or three-year guys. You might, I think we've got at least two freshmen that are coming in, the the two Josiahs, which is odd that we've got two guys. We can't recruit anybody with a different name, but we got two Josiahs. We need more Josiahs. We were lacking a biblical-type name, so we've picked up uh, a couple of uh, – we had Gabriel, and then he's leaving us, so we need to keep some some biblical names on the, on the roster. So I don't get – what is going on? Like we don't have time and Bob Huggins doesn't have time. So I'm concerned about that. Yeah. And I'm concerned about, uh, the desire of his staff or, or, or the feeling that, and this is my thought. Okay. And maybe people think otherwise. I'm sure they're, I've, I've read otherwise. 
I don't think Bob Huggins really truly recruited himself some of these guys. I think he trusts his staff, which we see in game decisions. Larry Harrison is making these substitutions by and large. And when somebody makes a mistake, I think that's when you see Bob look at the bench and try to pull somebody. But I think they're somewhat scripted. I think they probably do go over it before the game. But Larry's kind of choosing when guys go in. That would that would be the only thing that makes a lot of his comments make sense about striking out on the portal. And like he had some comments here after this game uh, to the effect of, I don't have it in front of me, Guido, but it's like, I look down the bench, who, who would you put in? You know, he acts like he's like, I, I, these, they gave me these guys and then I, I don't know what to do with them. You know, that's, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. So let's start, let's start with the players. Let's, let's, we'll go players and then we'll go coaches. I, I, do, I agree on both, both ends guys, but let's start with the players. You're right. Like you look at this team right now and you look at all the seniors that are on there, you you know, all the guys that aren't coming back next year. You look at the guys that aren't seniors that I think may be looking for different places to go. And you're not wrong, Scooty. Like 10, 10, 10 is probably a pretty decent number to guess at. Nine, 10 guys that you're trying to fill next year. And historically, and we've talked about this on the text machine, like, yes, transfers are a part of of collegiate basketball d1 basketball now historically huggins though he takes these juco transfers he benches them for a year he makes them practice their butts off they may see a little playing time but then year two they're starters they're stars they grow you know this year he his hand was kind of forced and he was forced to play the you know the guys like malik curry and kerrigan and and paula cap these guys who were, came in as seniors and he only had one year and there was no like that year of practice and development. How does that, tr- how does that translate into next year when he's going to have 10 new faces, let's say on this team? I mean, cause I think we're all in agreement. This season's done. Like there's no coming back from this. We're at, last at this in point. the conference. We're last. We're two and what? Eight, two and nine, seven, yeah. two and seven. It feels worse. Yeah. But like, well, it may get worse really quick here, but I mean, we're right now right. we're two and seven. Everyone else has at least three wins. In so conference. like, it's, it's not going to be great at the end of the season. And what's laughable to me and I'll listen, I may be the most hated man on Twitter after this posts, but some of these people that have been screaming and crying and whining and, and saying, well, we're 11 and two, we're 11 and one, we're 10 and 10 and one. How come we're not ranked? It's because the writing was kind of on the wall with this team, right? The teams that we were beating, we should have beaten. Uh, We beat a UConn team that was missing their two best players, and it was a close game. Um, We beat Clemson. That's the only two wins people try to hang their hat on is Clemson and and UConn. Well, Scoot, I was just going to say, you know, I'm I'm stuck on something you said. So you're right. We are last, and I'm and I'm backing you up. We're two and seven. I think the interesting thing about the conference, though, like if you were still trying to be optimistic, which I don't know that I don't know that we are right now in this conversation, but right. you're coming up against Iowa State next game. They're three and seven, Scoot, and you still have game at Oklahoma. Um, they're three and seven, Oklahoma state's four and six. So it's, I guess my point is it's like, 
Guido, correct me, but I think Iowa State's still ranked, and they're three and seven in conference. Now they're not on a seven-game losing streak, but I mean they're not. You know, they're gettable. So I guess what I I'm trying to say, like, there's teams we can still get. You know, you can still maybe find some wins here. But here's the thing: they're not nationally ranked. They're ranked thirtieth in Ken. They're not internationally known, but they're known to rock the microphone. (laughs) Yeah, right. They're not ranked. They're not. They're not like ranked, but. You look at these teams that we're playing, and you look at us. Like I, I just don't understand, Scooty, how this team is going <laughs> to well, win any more games. Here's the thing: let's let's call a spade a spade, right? Okay. I'm I'm all I'm laying it all out here this week. <laughs> all right. Uh, TCU is god awful, <laughs> and so is right. Kansas State. Right? Those are the two schools that should really stink in basketball. Yeah. Right. Okay. Look at their conference records. I know. They're good. They're not they're, bad. They're better than us. They're, they're a better lot than better us. than us. And so if those are the three games I'm thinking we're going to win, we're not winning them. No, we're at the bottom. Like, that's it. Like, this is it. Like, this, we are. And, like, WV, I, I, and I, I didn't see it with this team, and I didn't see it in the in the non-conference schedule. This team is the worst team in the Big 12. WVU is the worst team in the Big 12. And, and what gets me about it is, and maybe, and here's the thing. You guys, we've all played. We, the three of us, all played sports in high school. None of us collegiately, so we'll all cop to that. But like, we've all played on bad teams, and we've all played on bad teams that have played hard, right? Like, sure, we've all played on bad teams and we've lost, but we've we've gone out there and we've tried to play hard, and maybe that's what these guys are doing, and that's where you see it, you know, on social media. You see what they're saying, all well, oh, this and that. There We're is a difference between being bad and, and giving effort. If that's where you're going with this, right? Yeah, like. I mean, I just think this is not a good team. And, this well, is not a good team. And I, the thing about basketball, more so than maybe a lot of other sports, is a lot of it is matchups. Like when you play teams, a lot of times you look at them and you say, well, their record is great. We have no chance. But then you end up winning those games because of the matchups, right? Well, the same goes for the collection of players on your team. On the team, there are some individuals that are exceptionally gifted right. basketball players. But putting them together in this setting isn't working, and and it's it's not going to work. But here's the thing, Johnson, that kills me, which is like, I agree with you, Scooty. There are exceptional players there, in whatever. I, I think, and maybe this is today's world. This is the social media. This is where we're in now. But you get these players, you get certain players who come out there and they say, well, how are we supposed to, how how can we win, how can we play at our best when we don't have the support of the fans or we don't have support of the whatever? There were 12,000 people in the Coliseum on Saturday and you know, for a team that's lost six games in a row and then lost their seventh game. Like 12,000 people in the Coliseum is a lot, that's near capacity that are there you know, and you're sitting here saying, "Well, we don't have the support of the fans." Yeah, I think that's peaking too much at Twitter, to be honest, and maybe Facebook. I don't really do Facebook. I'm sure it's a toxic stew over there too. But I, I think first of all, though, Guido, let's go back to, like, are, are you? I'm not questioning effort. Are you questioning effort? I mean, I, I'm not questioning effort to the sense of I think as a team, they don't feel like they can win. Like I think they, as a team, have lost the. I don't know. I don't want to say drive, but like edge. they know, like the edge, like they know they're going into these games and they're underdogs and they don't have a chance. Well, but I, I think that's the sense that they have. Okay. Okay. Well, I, because I think I saw a conversation and I want to talk about a couple of things here, but I, I saw a conversation breakout on, on Twitter about, you know, someone was saying, 
they were, you know, what, what did we say? Four for 30 in the second half of this game against Texas tech. They didn't compete. And I, somebody, I think flowers responded on Twitter and said, look, I can't have a conversation with you if you don't understand the difference between competing and just making shots. Right. And I, and, and that resonated with me because I think that is true. Like you can have, you can have an abysmal half, right? I mean, they Texas tech had a lot to do with that, but you can also just, go cold you if you look at the box scores for those two halves actually shot very good in the first half Jalen Bridges is is a perfect example of that and and I think if you look at the second half the fact that I I would submit that the fact that you're only down you know two three possessions at most in the middle of such an abysmal half of basketball is because of the effort that you're making to do other things to to get you to get you in position I mean I feel like 10 minutes of this second half, our, our entire offense was Gabe forces himself into traffic, gets fouled and goes, and goes and makes two foul shots. You know, that's not a lack of effort. It's like, no one's making a shot. What else can we do? So I, this whole, to me, I don't question the effort. I think the efforts there, I think, uh, I I'm leaning and maybe we'll get there in a second, but I'm leaning more toward my, my, uh, displeasure, my frustration right now is with this coaching staff and not as much with these players. Well, and that's the question, Scooty, I have for you, which is like, you know, you get to this point where is, you know, and and, and I'm not, bl- we're not going to blame players. We're not going to say it's this player's fault or that's player's fault. It's that player's drive or not having being driven. But like at the same point, like you look at from a coaching staff, from a staff perspective, you look at recruiting, you look at, you know, rotations, you look at coaching, you look at practicing, like, at what point do you look at this team and say, okay, they weren't recruited correctly, they're not practicing correctly? Like, what what coaches other you know, and it and it's hard because, you know, we we did it all during football. We did it all during football season, Scooty. Like, we're hard on Neil Brown, but Neil Brown's not, you know, he hasn't he hasn't gotten inside. He's not in the circle of trust, right? You know what I mean? He's not well, in the he's not in the he's not bad, in the family circle. We're in a Huggins bad way. Huggins is in the family circle. We're in a bad way, right? So, you've got this guy that. Um, will make it into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You can't really push him out the door because of that. However, if he were Neil Brown and this was the same kind of setup but just different, you know, sport, we'd be saying, "Hey, you need to do something with your staff." Just like we said with, you know, the offense. The offense is stale. We need to get a new offensive coordinator. Well, right here, this very similar situation in that it's more stale with this basketball staff than it is with the football staff. Jared Parker's only been there for a couple of years, two years, I think. We're at uh, year what with um, Larry Harrison, Eric Martin, and Ron Everhart. Year eight, nine, somewhere at least with Ron Everhart. Those other guys were there for 15 years. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe more for others. Um, and I think that's what you have to preface though, right, Scoot? Because that's the other thing. Because it's 2022 and no one can have a rational conversation, right? Anytime on Twitter – that you say or you see someone say anything detrimental to the coaching, then you get this tidal wave of crowd that shows up like, look at this guy, he wants to run Huggins off. And like no one's saying run Huggins off. But I think it's perfectly logical to step back and say like, you know, is there enthusiasm on the staff? Or Are they watching 40 minutes of somewhere? no offense being run and happy with that when they walk off the court right. after 40 minutes? Like, I think it's perfectly reasonable to just say, what's what's up with that? And, and I think it's also reasonable to say, I think some changes need to be made on the staff. 
I'm not saying that those guys that are coaching are incapable of coaching. I think everyone at times needs to like a uh, turn over a new leaf or 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 maybe a change of scenery. Um, and I think that that's something that we're lacking, right? I do think um, you see a lot of coaches and they talk about coaching systems and, and that kind of stuff. I think John Beeline had an offensive coaching system. Uh, I don't know that Bob Huggins has an offensive coaching system. It used to be throw the ball into the big guy and let him just you know bulldoze his way to the basket, and then maybe we'll have a couple of guards to kind of support him. Well, we don't have the big guy, but my, but my animosity toward the coaching staff though, like let's, let's, let's kind of focus this in a little bit too. I don't understand. I wanted to ask you guys your opinion on, I don't, I don't understand that stuff aside. Cause I agree with you. I think by and large, these guys know how to coach. I'm not really questioning that. What I don't understand though, is I don't understand. I don't understand post game talking about uh, bashing the guys that came from the portal. Um, I don't understand what, what, like, I don't understand what good it does to say, I look down the bench, who, who would you suggest we put in? I don't have anyone to put in. I don't understand saying this guy works really hard, Seth Wilson. And then you don't see him play a minute in this game when you need some significant guard minutes. Cause Taz is well, in there. I, I, I guess what I'm saying agree. is I don't understand what good that stuff does. I don't think it rallies anyone. I don't think it, and maybe that's why hugs has turned like an optimistic tone more. So, I mean, those things I just said certainly aren't, but maybe he's trying, maybe he's recognizing that and trying to be a little bit more. Cause I don't know who that fires up. If, well, if I'm a guy that's getting it, hearing that all the time, then I like, I don't understand. I'm not motivated it, to it's disconnected, right? The whole thing is disconnected, right? Because the comments that we're hearing from Bob Huggins the, the results of those comments aren't showing up, right? So, and it's not something like he's motivating guys. He's saying, hey, Seth, the two freshmen have been great in practice. They're really, we're gonna, really going to count on them to shoot and score for us. And then we don't play them. Or Senny Engi has been looking great in practice. And then, one, he comes in and he doesn't look great. And two, he doesn't come in. <laughs> the time he doesn't come in. So like, there's a lot of like right. disconnect. I don't. I don't. Well, get... and and the last thing too, Scoot is like you. After this particular game against Texas Tech, there was some post game comments from Hugs where he's like, "Look, we don't get loose balls." You know, like he goes against this competing thing a bit. When my eyes tell me that. Paulie Polacap's putting on a new jersey and he has gauze shoved up his nose because he's fighting everyone under the basket. Gabe, like I hope he's not saying those things in earshot of some of those guys. Gabe spends half the second half against Texas Tech not getting, I wouldn't even call them steals, Guido. He was just walking up to people and ripping the ball away from them. And my thing is like, you you can't then turn around and say like, well, you know, this like compete, like no one's, you know, they don't get loose balls. They don't, like they're not so, trying, they're not working. I, I, so it, I get tired. I get it for a while, but then it just wears, like it wears out with me. So I'm going to ask the hard question guys. And I'm going to ask the question that I, I hope other WVU sports podcasts are asking this question, which is with with the name and likeness, with the transfer portal changes, has the style or, or, or the, the, the way that you need to recruit basketball players changed past Huggins's ability to recruit. And and here's the thing. 
you know, we we saw last year, and and you're right, Scooty. Like Huggins' mo has been big guy in the block, get the points. Maybe you have a day, Sean, you can kick it out to. You know what I mean? And so we saw it. You know, he. That's why we had a sags. That's why we got Oscar Schwebe. You know, and then lost him. Culver, and right? Culver, same thing, and then lost him. And so Kenyon Martin. I mean, you can go all the way back. Has has the way the youth, the kids of today, the youths, the youths, the youths, have they has this recruiting style grown past what Huggins can do? And can that be remedied? And you're not wrong. Can that be remedied by new, fresher, younger coaching staff? I mean, that's where I'm at with this team because this is this is not a player's problem. Like you can sit here and you can complain about. Jalen having on and off games. You can sit here and you can complain about, you know, so and Curry doing such and such or Polycap not playing or whatever. Yeah, I I agree. This, this is this is beyond the play, yeah, a player's problem I, I at this agree. point. I agree. I I think yes. I think that we do need some fr- like we need younger staff. I think I I don't I I look at Josh Eilert. He's probably our youngest assistant. I don't know if he's younger than Eric Martin, but they're probably pretty close. And I think that they're uh, mid forties would be my guess. I think Eric is definitely mid forties. Then you look at Ron Everhart. You look at Larry Harrison and then coach Huggins. They're all about the same age. I think having a younger guy, uh, maybe a hungry coach, maybe it could have some connection to, are you know to either Coach Huggins or to WVU? I think of like a Darius Nichols or like a Joe Missoula or Rob Summers or some of these other guys that have taken a Jawan Staten was there for a little bit as a grad uh, assistant. You look at some of these younger guys that have kind of gotten into coaching. If we had one of them on staff that could maybe relate a little bit, I'm not saying that Coach Huggins can't relate, but I think it's it would do us a lot of good to have some young, fresh blood on the coaching staff, on the bench, giving some fresh ideas, something a little bit different. But I don't um, think I don't think Guido it I don't think it's outlasted his recruiting ability. I think if anything, it's now challenging it's now challenging his approach to how he co- like I guess what I'm getting at is if I in the old, in the uh in the before times Um, if I recruited a guy in and he got here and it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and kittens, I could look at him and I could be like treadmill mentality, get in there, work, Mm -hmm. earn your time. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get there, but you're going to get there my way. And this is how we're doing it and work, work, work and blah, blah. And which I'm fine with. But I think to answer your question, my, my answer would be, I can still recruit that. I think, what happens now, though, it feels like a guy could say, "No, I, no, I don't want to do that." Screw yeah, you. like I'm I, gonna go I to somewhere and else. I'm not saying that's what. Go play but I think to answer your question, like it feels like it feels like there is a style evolution now that maybe is right. you know worth questioning because I think a guy is going to be like, "No, there's other. I have choices." And I'll, I'm going to say this: I think the solution to the basketball coaching situation is the complete opposite to the solution to the football coaching situation. Okay. Okay. You want Jared With... Daggy to play point guard? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, <he'd> st- <laughs> I'll leave the passing conversation for another time. I, 
I think with Neil Brown, we said, hey, he needs to be more like a CEO type coach, take a step back, be less hands on. Yeah. I think right. Huggins needs to be less like a CEO coach right now and be a little bit more hands on and a little bit less, um, less reliant, less, uh, uh, delegatory is that a word i like it i mean it is can he be like he needs to be a little bit less delegatory because while i don't think huggins's uh legacy is on the line it's not but you know you don't want to run uh this season turns out to be a dud next season it's not shaping up great right now because we don't even know who's going to be on this team next year um he's gonna have to try to catch lightning in a bottle here before too long because we don't have that buildup, you know, you can't say, well, we're rough this year because we've got a bunch of freshmen. We're not even playing the freshmen right now. We're rough this year because we're playing a bunch of old guys. We don't really know what the freshmen are going to do for us. Yeah, and I think the point you had earlier is you might be alienating some of the young guys and they may decide to leave. Right. So then you're really new sleet. So I think he needs to be a little bit more hands-on and, and kind of like – because that's why I feel like we're getting this – like he's saying – X, Y, and Z, and we're seeing A, B, and C happen. Like, it's, like, crazy. Like, he says, uh, maybe we did a bad job in the transfer portal. Maybe we need to play these guys less. They play more minutes than they've ever played the next game. Like, what right. is going on? Yeah. Like, it's feels, complete opposite. Yeah, feels disjointed. And what, unfortunately for Bob Huggins, what's happening this season right now is, if you remember last year, the year before, uh, the year before that, Anytime this uh, list of who's potentially going to be in the Hall of Fame gets brought up, people are clamoring. People are dropping on Twitter. Broadcasters are saying he needs to be in. He needs to be in. He needs to be in. It's not been as loud this year. Those claims for that have not been as loud. And it's because people are saying, well, they're not really good. You can't really push a Hall of Fame entry when you've got a dud of a team. Right. So that's that's uh, if there's anything that's disappointing or sad, I guess, about the whole thing, it's that for me is that this shouldn't tarnish his legacy, but it's not helping his legacy. Uh, so, you know, you look at the you look at what's left nine games that are left. You know, it's it's a tough it's still a tough road. We're still if you look at Ken Palm and here's the weird thing, Johnson. And you and I are big Ken, Ken Pomeroy kind of followers. We use a lot of Would that. Would you to call kind yourselves of, disciples of Ken Pomeroy? Disciples of Ken Pomeroy, or, uh, maybe. Pomeranians. It's a little known fact. <laughs> oh, people I like that. Follow, Pomeranian. Yeah. Isn't that a dog? Yeah. Also a dog and also people who follow Ken Palm. So we're, oddly enough, WVU continues their losing streak, moves up four positions in Ken Palm this week. We moved from 64 to sixty, also backwards, also very disconnected. I, I don't understand. I and that's the thing that I mean. I I know. Uh, well, I think there's a lot of factors in play here, guys. Like I think one is is that you know strength of schedule for WVU, Big Twelve, still a very 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 tough conference, probably the toughest conference right now. You know, we've faced the top tier of that conference. We're kind of coming off of that here coming up. But Iowa State, 30th in Ken Palm. Oklahoma State, 55 in Ken Palm coming up this week. So I think there's a, you know, there's a lot in play. I think the biggest thing that worries me is I don't want this WVU team to continue on this streak of losing games. Huggins has never lost eight games in a row as head coach for WVU. Never has happened. And Johnson and I, like, it's been at least 20 years since they've lost nine games in a row. 
And so you look at this schedule coming up, and you got you think they've got to take one of these. They've got to really take, you know, historic Gal historic Gallagher Iba Arena. Tough place to play, right, Scooty? I was gonna say, is it named after the guy that smashes the watermelons? Is that what makes it historic? No, that's <laughs> Gallagher. Right, historic Gallagher. Yeah, he's not Gallagher Iba. He's I don't just think he's. Iba. I thought yeah. Iba is like a like his assistant. But then you've the, got the, 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 you've got the octagon of doom right on the heels of that, yeah. Scoot. On the heels of that, uh, we, we, the, uh, we still got to go to the big wagon wheel or whatever they call Oklahoma's the seagull place. nest. Um, the seagull. Well, and then nest. we have that, and then we have that that hell week of where we start Kansas and Morgantown, and we play four games in a week. So, but Guido, don't you think, think there is a shadow of hope here? So I, I don't know why I'm trying to be the I, I, where, like, that, where are you I finding the shadow? Of I, hope? I'm trying to be the Tell optimistic one. It. This feels like it's just I'm got a tough road to hoe here, but. A home, number one, a home game. Like it's impossible. We we just are bad on the road. A home game. <laughs> we just lost a home game. We just no. Lost I know. I know. But twelve thousand people were there. No, they I know. It. But it to me, there's a better chance when it's a home game, and it's an Iowa State team that I just said is three and seven in conference. They're not a whole lot different from us. I'm just saying if there was if there was anything that was like throw us a bone here, I would think it was it was coming up here at home because then then you go then you go like what one, two, three, like four of the next five on the road. That's terrible for us right right now. So I think, you, you know, like if you don't get this Iowa State home win, then it really to me, it sets up it sets up like a you've got you've got you've got the I mean, and again. I don't even, but here's the problem, and this is the problem where we're at. We're not a tournament team, and we can sit here all day and say, "Well, we've got three games coming up: Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State." You got to take two of those three games. You got to take one at maybe one at home, one on the road. But I don't. I, we're past the must-win point with this team, guys. Like, well, what does must-win get us now? Nothing, and I because we're not going to have these guys back. So I don't know. Like, one more win isn't going to be like a great something to build off of it's just going to be like oh your season finished with one more win uh the only good thing about playing at home might be the zool's frozen lemonade it is tasty <laughs> maybe hey I zool's mean, if you're interested in hey, sponsoring a podcast hit us up zool's yeah, we'll get you on guido <laughs> you started to say something earlier though that i wanted to circle back to so where you know you're talking about team has lost six in a row but you turn on the tv you know, against Texas Tech here over the weekend, and there's 12,000 plus in the Coliseum. That to me feels like enough to quiet this whole theme we're starting to see on Twitter about, you know, guys are like, we're all we got. It's just us. There's no support. It's just us. Right. And I think I have two questions about that. Number one, is that also a jab at the coaching staff? And number two, I think that when, like, I guess my feeling on that is everybody, like, step back and take a breath. Like, there's still 12,000 people in the Coliseum. We're still having a podcast about it because we're gluttons for punishment. Like, (laughs) Toothman Ford is still handing out trucks. Like, nobody's gone anywhere. So, like, no, it's not just you. Like, we're all, like, yes, we're mad, but we're all supporting you. I mean, come on. It gets us kind of fired up. It gets us mad because we're like, hey, Jack, it's not just. Hey, Jack. Yeah, hey, Jack. It's not just you. 
we're all here too. I'm just saying, like everybody, just yeah. take a beat, well, calm down. Like no one's going anywhere. You can be mad about this losing streak in the state of things, and also like not be completely abandoning ship. I mean, I don't. I just don't see that. I was surprised to kind of see that pop up. And I'm. Not, I don't want to. I don't want to name names, and I don't want to talk about specific players. And I think that if you follow it on Twitter, if you look at it, you know the players that we're talking about. You know the the players that tweeted certain things. And and to me, part of it was I was surprised. I was surprised at some of the players that tweeted things because one is, you know, when you know the program like you should know the program and you know the history and you know the people of West Virginia or are the people of West Virginia. Then you know right. better. Well you should know better. Yeah. Like, because here's the thing. And we and, and 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 every time you watch a broadcast, if it's football, if it's basketball, if it's women's basketball, if it's any, if it's baseball for WVU, you know the whole the whole storyline always is West Virginia doesn't have a professional sport. The people of West Virginia support West Virginia University athletics like it's their professional team, and that continues to be true. Twelve thousand people in the Coliseum prove that to be true. So I have a problem with a player who says, "Oh, well, we're not getting the support." Now, the second part of that is the second part of that is Johnson. Is I do agree that maybe that's not necessarily support from the fans, and maybe support from somewhere. It made else. me wonder. It it all goes back to we have nobody that's been with the program for more than two and a half years. So some of these guys don't even realize what West Virginians are like at this point. Yeah, but you not look at what our, Guido's talking about. I, I mean, know, but no. you, if you look at if you look at people saying, "Hey, you know, we're not getting supported. We don't like." I don't know that they know West Virginians as well. I think Gabe does because Gabe's pretty well revered. But look at our seniors. None of them have been here longer than two and a half. Years. I'm just saying, like everybody, relax on that, okay? Because there's no like no one's. If you walked in the Coliseum and you could hear birds chirping or something like i get it you know crickets chirping like there's no like then maybe we'd have that conversation but there was there that call scene was loud people were fired up people were you know cheering their heads off so i just like i wish we would like you're you're gonna and i get it right because twitter allows everyone to suddenly be a keyboard warrior i'm sure these guys get ridiculous toxic comments that i never see so i'm not questioning that i'm not i get it and i'm sure your response is like you know what everyone stick it then it's just us and no one else is supporting us but come on man that every fan base has their their people that do that i think we're no exception but at any rate you should be able to step back and say no you know what there were 13,000 12 13,000 people supporting us in that game i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna roll with that type of mentality i i don't see it that yeah way. and i have the same problem i mean baylor number eight team in the nation or whatever they are you know, there were only 8,000 people at that game against West Virginia on Monday. And then now you turn around, you play Saturday at home, you're on a losing streak, you're the worst team in the Big 12, you know. I think uh, TCU plays in a hotel ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, but, yeah, Scoot, right? it made me wonder. Guy, do they have that guy that comes out and blo when he's dry, dry on the floor, he blocks <laughs> for the uh, inbound? <laughs> but, Scoot, it made me wonder. Like, I tried to, I tried to just, like, step back and look at that those comments, and it just made me wonder, like, you know, do you hear enough of the coaches like lamenting how bad the, their players are and always oh, struck out in the portal and all oh, guys don't nobody gets a loose ball. And, you know, I think that's like, what they're talking about. Is some of that like, you know what, it's just like we get 
you know, we, cause I think we lament on the text machine, every game, like we run no discernible offense. The coaches don't look really engaged. You know, they, there's not a whole lot of enthusiasm on the sideline. So I think when you see that, it actually made me think, I don't know that they're just talking about fans here. Well, and it's gotta be frustrating. Like kids now, like we've said, they don't respond the same way they used to respond. So when, um, Coach Huggins talks about how he made mistakes in the portal. Well, there's four or five guys that came from the portal, and they're probably looking at it. Well, which one of us is he talking about? And then when you say, "Hey, we got to get these freshmen in," so the if you're a freshman, they hear these things. So if you're Seth Wilson or Kobe, you're thinking, "All right, sweet, I'm finally going to start to see my time. Now it's time. I hit, you know, you're Seth Wilson. You hit a couple threes last game. I'm all right." Let's go. Well, and there's someone. There's a key player at your position. Yeah, and he doesn't see the floor. Like what? You don't log any minutes. Yeah, come on. Like, I don't get it. But that's maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe they are saying, "Hey, apparently we're on our own here." Which, I mean, uh, facetiously, I'll say that they've been on their own on offense all along (laughs) because I think they just kind (laughs) of do their own thing. They just have to do their own stuff. But um, like, I I don't know and. I've seen people comment about just to going back to the offense. I've seen people comment about like, "Hey, how come we don't run this offense or that offense?" Like, and then people will say, "Well, Bob, you're a uh, you know, you've got 900 wins. You can't figure out how to run this offense with the people you've got. Like, you've got to change a little bit because you can't just." And I think in the beginning of the season, we tried to do what Bob Huggins always knew how to do, and he's struggled trying to pick something else out. Well, I think Guido, it's like to your back to your point about this final nine game stretch i think it's hard to figure out where wins will come from but it's also hard to figure out if this will spiral out of control or not because i think a nuance of this whole thing is like if you're trying to be an optimist you're looking at games where you know like scoot say in kansas state tcu maybe we get back at oklahoma i i agree with that but that's under the assumption that this doesn't spiral out of control and attitudes don't go into the dumpster. And you know, this, 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 I'm kind of questioning, is there some animosity between players and coaches? Like I hope not, but it just makes me wonder, like, can we actually work with the assumption that that's not going to just spiral into a super bad situation? Hopefully not. Well, the, the train continues on guys. Cause February 8th, Tuesday, Iowa state comes to town. They play in Morgantown 7 PM in the Coliseum. That game is on ESPN Plus, so get your nickels out. You got to buy to see that game. And then Oklahoma State, we travel to Stillwater to the Gallagher Iba Arena to play an Oklahoma State, which was guys. And when we play them on Saturday, if we lose to Iowa State, it'll be a month since we beat Oklahoma State in our last win at the beginning of January on January 11th. That was our last win, January 11th, against Oklahoma State at the Coliseum, seventy to sixty. So. We face that Oklahoma State again, team again this week. So I I don't know. I mean, it's there's going to be a lot that we need to find out in the next week, guys. Other news we should talk about. Just a couple of quick football notes because there was on Groundhog Day, by the way, the stupid rodent saw its shadow, and I got to live with winter for another six months or whatever it is. I mean, I don't understand how uh, it's 2021 or 2022 now, and we have to deal with the fact that some sort of 
creature out of the ground tells me the weather. Si- it's science. Uh, it's all science. It's, it's. I mean, it's all science. It's six in one half, and six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Really, right? I read though where Phil's only been correct like thirty nine percent of the time. So we probably give him a little more, you know, levity than he deserves. But so maybe it's not all doom and gloom for you on the snow front, Guido. I don't. The I don't big know. problem I have right now is you guys referencing. Uh, a grade B rodent when you should be referencing French Creek Freddy. <laughs> okay. French Creek Freddy. Right. He's grade A, grade A rodent. You right should there. be going with French Creek Freddy's prediction, not this uh, Phil from Pennsylvania. Uh, so anyways, guys, th- this week, though, uh, you know, was signing day. WVU signed a couple of guys for the class next year, Johnson. And uh, do we get anything worthwhile? Do we get anything to worry about? Well, I about? think we we all were concerned about the wide receiver room. And I think the uh the overarching um opinion right now is Cortez Bram, uh junior receiver from Hutchinson Community College in H- Hutchinson, Kansas. He signed a national letter of intent, 15 touchdown catches in 17 games as a junior college player. They feel like he and uh, also Navarro junior college wide receiver, Jeremiah Aaron come in, um, and probably give us some immediate help at least, um, you know, maybe not like immediate starters, but I think the overarching opinion is some immediate help in that room. They also pick up Gatorade player of the year, Hudson Clement, who's a wide receiver from Martinsburg. He signs with WVU. So I, I think, you know, people were thinking, Hey, we need some help at, at wide receiver. And they well, got you some. know, we saw it with BFW talking about the room being empty. I think they tried to yeah. fill it up yep. uh, on signing day. So that's good. Also, and kind of not a surprise day after signing day, Thursday, Gerard Parker, no longer the Frenchman of West Virginia uh, decides to leave and become the tight ends coach at Notre Dame. And, you know, I think, with Graham Harrell being signed as the offensive coordinator and the way all that went down, the writing was kind of on the wall, Scooty. Yeah, I don't know what he would have done had he stayed. Uh, they would have had to reassign him, uh, probably uh, tight ends or somewhere else. Um, so good for him, good fit. Let's see how he does over there. We'll uh, continue moving on with uh, Graham Harrell. Scoot, are you sorry that we we don't have an opportunity or excuse now to talk about like the Air French raid? Or... Uh, well... I will say this, and he's maybe a very nice guy, but his parents really did him a disservice by spelling his name with a G. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. So kind of not a surprise there to see him go away. WVU Pitt, the backyard brawl, guys. The game has been officially scheduled for Thursday night, September 1st, 7 o'clock, primetime game on ESPN the Thursday before Labor Day. How do we feel about the backyard brawl being a Thursday night game? Yeah, I'm I'm mixed. I mean, I'll, I'll go first. I don't know what Scoot feels, but I think I'm mixed because I think it's cool that it kind of becomes, if I read this correctly, Guido, it's like the season kind of kickoff. It's like kind of leading, you know, season, season kickoff, which I think is cool. But I think right. not giving people the opportunity to really – converge on a weekend in Pittsburgh for a Saturday game feels like a miss to me. Um, I know WVU fans, they're going to take that place over anyway, but I feel like a Saturday would have been cool. I feel like I'm glad we made the coaching moves before this came out. Okay. Because I would have been a little bit more apprehensive and be like, oh man, 
We've got to we've got to be the ones that go out first on TV and and <laughs> right. and be shown. That could be a problem. But Graham Harrell has given me a little bit of hope that you know some things are going to be different. So uh, I I think it'll be I think it's a great recruiting tool. I mean, if anything, it's it's an opportunity to say, hey, guess who was the first you know one of the first teams to be on you know on tv this season and guido honestly i'm just glad the game's being played so i'm not going to be too picky i'll be honest like i'm just glad we're looking forward to that that it's on the schedule so i'm not going to nitpick it too much but yeah i'm probably mixed well we've all been waiting for the backyard brawl to come back it'll be a fun we're all excited to see wvu play pit in that game other news guys isaiah esdale transfers to rice leaves west virginia transfers to rice not sure how uh, we all feel about that. I mean, Rice, not really a football powerhouse. Good for him, I guess, for finding a place to land. Uh, Lance Berkman, have... alumni from Rice. Lance Berkman. A baseball player. Yeah. A baseball player. Yes, right. correct. Uh, and in other news, I- I'm still loving, guys, following these name and likeness uh, assigning agreements. This week, Dante Stills, who's coming back for his fifth senior year, whatever, however that works, his fifth year senior, uh, Dante's coming back. He signed a NIL deal with Mario's Fishbowl in Morgantown. Uh, Johnson, do you think they still serve the beer and the giant goblets like they used to back when we were young? <laughs> they should. I mean, if they don't, I mean, they should. It what, feels what do like you get if you sign a, nil, a name and likeness deal with uh, with Mario's Fishbowl, like free pizza? Every time listen, you we're missing out here, right? There is a golden opportunity, and somebody is is swinging and missing. What? Tudors. Oh, what yeah. is Tudors doing? What is Tudors doing? What are you Why are doing? They... Why are you so I late mean, to this on, party, Tudors? We want you to name the Coliseum. Why Tudors, is Ron the Everhart not signing something? They've got the Ron. Come on. <laughs> we need tutors to get in on I this. I know he's a, not a player, but can we at least do something with Ron Everhart? I, I don't know who does tutors marketing, but I, I guarantee you the person who's in charge of tutors marketing is over the age of 55. Well, I'm just telling you. I'm I just saying it right now. They should be fired because they are missing a golden opportunity between <laughs> that and the naming, golden opportunity. the naming rights of the Coliseum. They've really screwed the this up. The biscuit basket? Yeah. I mean, come on. Johnson, I love we the run. You know what, Skew? That was a blind spot for me. That's a great catch, and you're right. Like, where are they? I mean, they've what already got Jalen. They? They've already got Jalen with a with a pepperoni roll I mean, in I each know, hand. They, I mean, you could easily put yeah. a biscuit in each one of Ron Everhart's hands. Two Rons, <laughs> That's right. come on, gravy. Two Rons. Where are you? I mean, they do. I will say, I I don't know if you guys know this. Zach Frazier did sign a name and likeness deal with Tudors, but come on, do two Rons do make tutors. a right? <laughs> I mean, it writes itself. It practically writes itself. Oh, my gosh. Tutors, hit us up. Come on. Get it done. Do two rounds make it right. Let's take a break real quick. We're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast, a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. 
everybody. Welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Listen, don't forget you can find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter on the social medias at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. You know, guys, we have the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. No other podcast has a game show that is as number one as ours. It's a little game we like to call bluff the fluffs right now johnson you have the lead we've only played one game this season i know it's february it's early there's a lot to talk about so we don't get to as many games this part of the year uh johnson leads one to nothing scooty not worried yet though never never worried never worried never worried uh as we do guys we have an intern we pay him handsomely to write our bluff the fluffs for us this week, I feel like he uh, he showed up again. I mean, this is what he does. He does it well. Scooty, I think he kind of panders towards your knowledge sometimes. We'll see. Oh, we'll this, see. this makes me nervous. You say pander like he's a panda. He kind of panders. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean... <laughs> I think he could easily be confused with a panda at times. Uh, is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that. Look at that guy. Look at that guy right there. He's pandering. <laughs> Look at that guy. He what, looks like a what panda. What would you be describing there? Like he's he's, a, he's, he's like he's right like there. cute and fluffy and roly poly. Is that that guy is a panda if I've ever seen one? Look at that guy pandering over there. He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> when he eats like celery or something that looks like bamboo. <laughs> look at that guy right there. He looks like he's pandering. Are we going to change his name from clone dog to clone panda? Is that what we're going to call him now? Pan dog. Pan dog. Uh, anyways, Cloney uh, gave us a good one this week. 1980s and 1990s trivia in general. It's kind of in your wheelhouse. Should Scooby. be. Should be. I was alive then. You were alive then. Well, guys, as always, a correct answer is worth five points. A steal is worth 10 points. And final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin. And Johnson, you get to go All right, first. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First question is to you, Johnson. In the 80s hit television show Family Ties, what does the P stand for in Alex P. Keaton? Oh, my goodness. Is it Paul? Power, peace, or Patrick? Ooh, Scoot's giving me the poker face. I feel like he knows this immediately. I'm going to go Patrick, Guido. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, is it Paul, Power, or peace? Well, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to play to my strengths. I know that um, the parents, played by Meredith Baxter, Bernie, and... Uh, Michael Gross. Here we go. Um, yes, here we go. I know that they were hippies back in the day, so I believe it's peace. That's correct for ten points. Oh my god! Steal. Can I just say that like that was great? Like you're, I'm, I'm genuinely impressed because I was sitting here as you were talking, thinking, oh, oh my. Oh my gosh, that's that's it. Like that's dead on. That's they were hippies. I'm singing the theme song intro in my head as you're describing it. That was great, Scoot. I feel like you, you walked me right through your answer. One of my favorite shows of all time. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty impressive. He did definitely get through that. All right, Scooty. Good job. Ten points right there for you. Correct answer. And this next question is back to you. In what year did the Topps Baseball Card Company stop putting chewing gum into packs of baseball cards to the dismay 
of clone dog and free gum enthusiasts all over the world. Was it 1990, 1992, 1994, or 2000? That's a good question. That is a good one. I feel... Did you eat the free gum? Did you always... Yeah? I did. I did. It was bad. Um, I have a feeling it was... I'm going to say 1992. That's correct for five points, and you take the lead 15 to nothing. Yes, free gum came out of the tops cards in 1992. So you didn't get that chalky gum. You remember that? It was like it was like chalky. And I feel like I well, always ate the gum, though. Always. I, I mean. And here's the thing. I In my mind, so I, I went back to 1994, Upper Deck and Don Russ, and there were so many other card brands out there at that point. The market was flooded. I don't remember gum being a part of those, whereas 92, we were still middle school age, and I feel like there was, to- it was like Tops and maybe Don Russ Fleer, and that was about it. There yeah. weren't very, Bowman, there right. weren't very many brands, so that's yeah. what I went with. All right, well, good job. 15 points right there, Scooty. Ten Right now, you lead 15 to nothing over Johnson, and this next question is to you, Johnson. This MLB hurler had the most wins from 1980 to 1989. Was it Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens, Dave Steeb, or Jack Morse? Oh, man, this is tough. This is really tough. Um, I don't want to talk through my thinking because I'm afraid I'll help scoot. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Nolan Ryan. Sorry, that's incorrect. It was not Nolan Ryan. Scoot, was it Roger Clemens, Dave Steve, or Jack Morse for 10 minutes? Well, um, Ryan had a lot of strikeouts. He might have had more strikeouts of anybody. Uh, Dave Steve played for the Blue Jays, and uh, it was not him. Uh, Roger Clemens was still kind of young. I don't think he really came into you're not gonna Major give, League Baseball. You're not going to give Dave Steve more than just a, eh, like a, he was a Blue Jay. hand was, wavy, you played for Toronto? That's He, get, he just yeah, gets he a hand him. wavy, you're a Blue That's Jay? Right. Uh, Roger was too young in the 80s to have that many wins. So it's with Jack Morris because he was a big uh, tiger and twin then. That's correct. Jack Morris is the right answer. Scooty uh, showing his prowess in 80s and 90s trivia, especially when it comes to I baseball. leaned away from Jack Morris, though, because I thought he was finished by the late 80s. Like, I didn't think he played the whole decade. I thought it was. I mean, I know the Tigers won the World Series, what, 84 85 87 with the twins 89 with the twins maybe also i just thought he that's why jack morris played until 1994 by the way Oh, okay well i didn't know i thought it was your aversion to guys with mustaches yeah uh yeah well i mean come on (laughs) that's why i thought you didn't want to go down that road congratulations scoot you now have a 25 to nothing lead over johnson and this next question is back to you hey cousine for five points and nine out of ten marones. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. For five hey Cougine. Hey, Cougine. For five points and nine out of ten marones. What year was the Diet Coke first introduced? Was it 1978, 1982, 1987, or 1990? A little DC for you, Scoot. 
Well, um, I think, and I may be wrong, but I think uh, Pepsi was also right around the same time. I'm going to say 1982. That's correct. Take care. Brush your hair, Scoot. You got it right. 1982, DC was introduced and uh, continues to dominate this week, leading 30 to nothing over Johnson. Wow. Johnson. I'm getting smoked feeling? right now. This is fun. Like, I love this line of questioning. I'm just striking out here. Johnson, this next question is back to you. This famous actor's sister played Scott Bayo's mother in both Happy Days and Charles in Charge. So this actor's sister played Scott Bayo's mother in Happy Days and Charles in Charge. Was it Bruce Willis, Jason Bateman, John Travolta or Robert De Niro? This actor's sister. So I'm trying to picture her and then think of who that might be relation to. Um, This actor's sister. Hmm. Well, I'm going to guess there's some age disparity in those in those options i i I really don't know i'm gonna go john travolta that's correct for five points you now close the gap slightly against scooter yes john travolta's sister played scott bayo's mother in both happy days and in charles in charge good job Thanks, Guido. All right, Johnson, you're right now, you're losing to Scooty 30 to 5. And Scooty, this last question before Final Bluff goes to you. The hit 80s and 90s television show Family Matters is a spinoff of which 1980s television sitcom? Perfect Strangers. <laughs> That's right. You didn't even get out of here. Boom. Come on. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Scooty gets um, it. Harriet. And, and Reginald Vell Johnson, uh, who played um, Reginald Vell Johnson's the actor's name, but he played. Yes. Uh, what is the guy? The dad. Yeah, the, the dad on, on Family name. Matters. Right? Anyway, I can't remember his name. Uh, there was a connection there to the Chicago Tribune, which is the newspaper that they worked for. I think um, Harriet may have worked the elevator at the Chicago Tribune. I think that was her job. Look it up. <laughs> because what? Reginald Vell Johnson is obviously a Chicago right. cop. I remember meme, that. So it wasn't him. Yeah. So that was where the right. spinoff came from was that she worked the elevator to the Chicago Tribune on Perfect Strangers. Wow. The other guesses the other guesses that Colony was going to give you was Full House, The Cosby Show, or Step by Step. You, you didn't even need that. Didn't need that. No. Thanks, Clooney. This is working out great. Thank you for this. This is wonderful. Next week, uh, Clooney will make sure he does nothing but Excel. Yeah, let's break and... what and what else? What uh, this is? I love uh, this. What else do you need, Johnson? What do you need? Excel hey. spreadsheets. Dreamweaver. You need questions about Dreamweaver? <laughs> Dreamweaver. <laughs> no one's uh, used Dreamweaver Dream since 1991 <laughs> or something. Can we get yeah. something on JavaScript, please? This also just goes to show how neither one of you really know anything I do. Like, <laughs> like we're friends, <laughs> yeah. and you no don't know anything do I do. We have yeah. no idea what you do no for idea. <laughs> You push the buttons on the keyboard? Do you like pushing the buttons one on the time, keyboard? One time, Scoot, Scoot, what did you reference, like... You were like, go. You were like, uh, like you read, you, you described your... Oh, yeah, DOS, yeah. <laughs> Run, go to, <laughs> end, ten. Like that's what Skeet thinks I do all day on dot yes. matrix printouts or something. Ten, run, 
20, go right. to. So here's the deal, guys. Uh, Johnson, you have 0% chance of winning, but we still have to do final bluff because it's in the rule. Thanks for that motivation, Coach Hugs. Did you uh, did you like do a bad job in the contestant portal, too? Yeah. Is that what? Yeah, you got to, Yeah, right? I got to. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Uh, as always, final bluff is worth 25 points. Johnson he's, is trying to make it look respectable here as Scooty leads 35 to five, so he has a thirty-point lead, an insurmountable lead, if you will. Uh, but as always, final bluff, twenty-five points, guys. I always ask you, have your own buzzers to ring in, Scooty. What do you got this week for us as a buzzer? A cuisine and and Johnson Cosmic Cow. Ooh, Henry Rush. Ooh, okay, Ted Cosmic Knight. Cow. There you, there you go. All right, here we go. Final bluff. The nineteen eighties hit sitcom and one of my favorite of all time, Alf was the first TV show to do this. Be presented in Dolby Digital Surround Sound. Be available in both English and Spanish via the SAP button. To air a lingerie ad. To play rap music during the show. Hey, Cousine. Uh, Scooty? Scoot, can you, you have to work an ALF impression into this answer. Whatever you do. <laughs> Those Melmacian girls, <laughs> they're out of this world. Hey, Willie, get me a BLT, a bacon, lucky, and tomato. <laughs> lucky was the cat, right? <laughs> lucky was the cat. Yeah, he eats cats. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Alf was always trying to eat the cat. <laughs> eat the cat. <laughs> A bacon lucky and tomato sandwich. I remember that now. That's terrific. I haven't thought about that. We're so about that. Oh my god. We're so Melmacian girls. He was from Melmac, right? He also. I also go by Gordon Shumway. I sell insurance. It's too funny. You nailed it. Now, do you have an answer for the question? Uh, I think it was Dolby Surround Sound, oddly enough. That's correct, Scooty. Good job. And you win huge, a huge win for Scooty, 60-5 to five over Johnson. I mean, man, Johnson, that's a rough. I think that that, that goes down as probably your worth, worst loss uh, on well, Block and of Well, and the weird thing is I had fun doing it, so... I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> oh, that's too good. All right. Well, listen, guys, let's take a break. We're going to come back with a really quick segment, a segment of Pick Your Ears from Scooty, where he's going to make us pick some ears, if you will. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives.
right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. And listen, don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It is the hippest thing you've ever seen on the internet, right, Johnson? It's pretty hip. You can find uh, everything that you like about the internet there, uh, links to things and such. You can click through to the merch store and buy yourself some GYEO merch. Uh, You can also uh, find the latest show there in the sidebar. You can listen right in the tune in link and you can also click through to all the stuff we talked about in the blog post. So check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Got your ears on.com. Well, every so often Scooty brings us a couple of things to pick and this week he's going to have us pick our ears. What do you got for us this week, Scooty? Okay guys. So the winter Olympics are happening right, right. now. Are you aware yeah. of this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you supporting the winter Olympics? I mean, I'm enjoying it. I watched, uh, the moguls, the other day, the guys with the skis going down okay. the hill with the little bumps. Okay, my knees hurt after watching it, but I, yeah. I, what I, was what's the thing? I watched some of the what's the jazz again, where the, there's a sweeper and then a bowler. And oh, uh, I'm glad you're bringing that up. Yeah, curling. I watched a little bit you're of that. Watching some earlier. curling. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because uh, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but Morgantown has its own curling club, the Morgantown Curling. I didn't know club. that. Really? And, right. they, and it's not uh, like meet. a, that sounds like a fancy, like uh drinking team is what that sounds Either like. Either that or like a bunch of hairstylists. Well, I mean, you know what I like about curling, Scooty, is I think everybody, like on even on the, like in the Olympics on the national curling, they look like they're like, you know, dads who like were drinking beers and they decided they wanted to start curling and all of a sudden they're Olympic. Olympians. Right. I don't think you can, you can be any size, any shape and be a good curler. Y- yeah. Right. Um. So they've got this Morgantown Curling Club. They meet up at the Morgantown Ice Arena. Okay. And um, they took a year off because of the pandemic, but they're back at it, and they plan to have a couple more uh, sessions. Play um, in America's game. They had 17 people. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, the last time they met. But I thought it would be interesting, since they're already in Morgantown, yeah. let's put together a curling oh, like team. It of mountaineers i like this now before we get into that though let me go over a couple of different positions right so you've got four guys or four people i should say four people not guys uh you've got a first a second a vice and a skip okay all right okay Okay. And uh, what do these people do? Well that's a good question because uh i didn't really know so i did they name the skip and the vice and then they got tired, and they were like, I don't just first <laughs> okay. and second. Like, I don't, like, yeah, first you, second. You throw your rocks first? Okay, we'll call you first. Um, I don't know the the reason behind that, so I went to curling for dummies, because I'm a dummy. And uh, the first person obviously throws the first two. I didn't realize there were so many rocks being thrown, but uh, the first person throws the first two rocks um, and then sweeps after they throw their first two. Okay. The second person throws the next two rocks and then also helps sweep after that. And then uh, the vice, also known as the mate, mate. um, will throw the fifth and sixth rocks. um, And they should be, uh, let's see, they are trying to set up the shots that are going to be thrown by the skip. Okay. Okay. And then the skip is the last one, and the skip is the one that decides the strategy, and he's also doing a lot of the yelling and telling people where to throw okay. the rocks. Okay. Right. So kind of like the skipper. <laughs> they, so they're always. I like. I do like how they always are yelling. Like sweep, yeah, sweep. That's the sweep. that's the skip doing all of that. So okay. I have come up with my four curling 
okay. players. Okay. Okay. Would you like to hear I would, my, yes. my first Let's four? Hear it. Okay. Yeah, okay. My first on my now, you're team. You're going to say how they identify good. with each curling position, I assume. Yes, okay. correct. Right. My first is going to be Alec Manoa. Okay. I want I want a guy that's uh, you know used to throwing right. things. Uh, he's got some strength in his arms. Yeah. Can be accurate. So I'm going. Alec Manoa is my and he's first. He's in Toronto. He's used to some ice. He's in Toronto. Yeah, cold. Right. right. My second is going to be Deuce. Okay. Because of his name. All right. Okay. Qualified. Okay. And and I think he, and I think he's got some skill. I think he he showed that he can throw a football. He's shown that he can uh, do well in in basketball at all various levels. Um, so I think he would be qualified to do that. So I think he can he can transition. My vice. This is a guy that talks strategy with the skip, right? So this is he's a pretty important okay. position. I'm going Joe Missoula. I like it. I want. I want a guy that can change strategy on the fly. If he needs to go to some sort of one-three-one setup on the on the target on the curling target, I want yeah. that guy. All right. So I'm going. I'm going. And he's shown that he can play through pain. Those rocks are heavy. That's true. I need a guy that's willing to push a rock yeah. even if his arms right. or shoulders hurt. And then my my skip, my skip is going to be Elijah Macon because <laughs> regardless of crowd noise. Or television broadcast, <laughs> you can still hear him yell yes. and one every time somebody <laughs> I fouled somebody. That. It wasn't even always yes. him. He was yelling and <laughs> yes, one for right. other guys. Other teams. He was even it might have been the other team. His I mean, voice yes. was he carried. Like it, it was like a hot knife through butter on those Morgantown nights. So I want okay. Elijah Macon as I my love skip. It. So you went all right, okay. so your four was Alec Manoa, Manoa Deuce Deuce McBride, Joe Missoula. And uh, Elijah Macon. Right. Okay. All right. All right. I'll go. I'll go second here. I, I've got my four laid out here for it. Pretty easy. I'll take the same theme as Scooty did. I think my first. My first will be John Means. Oh. Same reason. Good arm. Kind of coming from the left side. Might yeah. make a little bit of a difference. You know, coming from the left I'm side. Slinging the rocks right on the left. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know how curling works. I don't know if it confuses the other team. If you're coming from the left, maybe it does. We'll go with that. I think my second will be I, just because I feel like we need somebody on the team from like the Great White North or something. I'll go Diddy. I'll Ooh. go Mr. Brent Solheim as my second. He may have curled before. He may have curled before. I mean, he's from Minnesota. You know, it's cold there. He's ice fished, I'm sure. So you got to do something we'll have to, to kill the him. time, he right? It's cold weather. Yeah, right. Uh, I think so. For for my vice, the strategy guy, Scoot, I'm gonna go Deshaun. Okay. Deshaun making his way through the coaching ranks. I like that. And then uh, for my skip, the leader, the captain, the one, I'm going Jenny Thrasher because she's been there before. She's won the medals. She's been to the Olympics, maybe a different season, but she's done it before. She knows. Oh, how the Olympics she's like works, your huh? Apollo Anton Ono, who's going speed skating and uh, inline uh, rollerblading or whatever they do. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's where I'm going. Okay. Johnson, what do you I'm think still, you got to You got to give me a second because you just stole Solheim from me. <laughs> All right. I think my first, I'm going to go with Adrian Morell because mm. uh, I just like him. And I think there's like a Jamaican bobsled 
uh, aspect to this. He's from Hawaii. You know, he's warm climate. Feel to he's, it. You're going to yeah. see him. Yeah, I see that. You're going to think yeah. this guy can't be the first, and then he's going to wow you with some with some rock throwing. <laughs> There's no way this guy's ever been on ice before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's just going to catch off guard. I think with you uh, kind of stealing Solheim, I have to go to um, kind of like my second in command Minnesotan here with Kevin Noreen um, known to fall down a lot. I feel like he can like crouch really low on those rock throws, you know, <laughs> he did have some balance issues, kind of like a, like a Bambi on ice. If yeah. You will. And so maybe he's used to sliding Bambi on ice. I think that was his nickname back in uh, Minnesota. Like he's used to sliding. I feel like he's going to be good for that. Then I think my vice, who's going to be talking, uh, talking strategy with the skip. I now know so much more about this scoot than I ever did. Yeah, uh, right? I'm going to go with Pat McAfee because I think Pat's always just trying to get in front of stuff. He's always coming up with creative ideas. I think, I think I'm going to go with Pat McAfee. And then I think my skip, you know, one of my fave, my favorite ever point guards, I'm going to go Darius Nichols He's now in the coaching ranks. I think he's got a bright future. I right. think he would be a perfect person to be strategizing with. I think that would be my four. That's good. I like that, though. I like that. That's a good one, Scooty. I, I like your Scoot, I like your that's pick your great. ears. I like that's yeah. a good pick your ears. I mean, thinking of the Olympics. Listen, uh, it's which, it's not crazy that we can get these guys together and they could actually go to the Morgantown yeah. curling club and, and compete. And let's settle it on the ice. Yeah. Settle it on the ice. Let's, let's get hey, some brooms and sweep it up. Shane Lyons, let's do it next homecoming. Let's go. Like an alumni <laughs> event. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. All right, guys. Well, we should probably wrap it up for this week. Uh, tough, 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 tough weeks continue for WVU, but we move on. They play Iowa State on Tuesday. That game is 7 p.m. in the Coliseum. You have to pay to see that one. It's on ESPN+. And then we travel to Stillwater on Saturday to play Oklahoma State at the historic gallagher Iba. Arena. That game is at 2 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN2. Listen, guys, don't forget, find us online. Look for us on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Got Your Ears, also on Facebook. Just search for us there. And check out our website, gotyourearson.com. We'll be back next week with another show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.